0: Yo, what's up? We're back, and uh, this week it's for a fun card, Uh, Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian, and uh, we've been doing pretty good lately. We've hit a couple parlays of the week. We did well on the Bellator card as well last week, so looking to, you know, continue that trend here with this event here, and, you know, a few events or a few uh, fights that I do like matchup-wise as well, but we're going to get right into the card, so just make sure to uh, comment, like, subscribe, and uh, all that. Thanks for uh, always supporting the channel, but, the uh, first fight of the night is uh, Chris Gutierrez versus Cody Durden, which is a pretty good fight. Gutierrez, obviously, he's found his footing in the UFC. He had a really good performance his last time. Uh, he finished Vince Morales with those leg kicks, man. That was pretty brutal. He's won three fights in a row, so that's a pretty good streak. And he was supposed to be getting um, a higher ranked opponent, I believe. I can't remember exactly who. Or it was Luke Sanders, so really wasn't. I'm not sure why he was fighting someone you know that low level on a three fight win streak but he's getting a guy making his debut in cody durden but durden's pretty tough and he uh you know took a call on short notice here and he's riding a seven fight win streak and he's won some fights in boxing and kickboxing and he's fresh off of a destruction of john sweeney man he uh, beat him like in like less than a minute just two weeks ago didn't even take a shot so he should be in shape he should be confident you know ready to go And uh, as a striker, you know, he has good forward pressure, he switches stances, he does have some, like I said, boxing, kickboxing matches, and he's very aggressive. Nice jab, body head, you'll close the distance with some straights, you'll attack the body, big hooks, you'll throw a, you know, nice left hooks to the body to straight rights or left hooks to overhand rights, nice hooks, uppercuts inside, Good good low leg kicks, and he's always coming forward he's staying in your face he doesn't give you a chance to breathe and he will throw some spins he'll attack uh you know some flying knees to try to close the distance and in this fight i do see him trying to rely on his wrestling the entire time nearly a really heavily rely on it but he can crack and he's not on the level technically of a guy like gutierrez but he's a dog he pressures forward he hits hard and you know his style with the grappling makes it you know. A decent matchup on the feet I believe and Durden he does have five career knockouts mostly on the ground though and he's mainly a grappler he's very good wrestling he'll shoot some nice singles nice doubles he's very good at exchanging a little bit uh, baiting you uh, and then just ducking under hitting the level change taking you down he's strong in the clinch he's explosive and uh, he's gonna be able to take guys down at the UFC level especially at his uh, weight class of 125 but on top he's very aggressive he's uh, good at passing he throws hard ground and pound pretty good control his submission defense looks a little bit questionable at times he can leave his neck in there to be you know guillotined i've seen him you know give up his back before but on top he's very good he's a back taker and when he takes the back he has great rear naked chokes big ground and pound i've seen him slam guys choke him out or slam guys to knock him out and uh yeah, I mean he's a very aggressive guy, both on the feet and on the ground. He does have good scrambling ability and when you take him down or you sweep him, he can stand up from bottom pretty well. And uh he has five submissions and he was submitted in twenty eighteen with the Rena choke against a twelve and thirteen fighter, which I don't know what happened there, but you know, since then he has won seven fights in a row. And he trains at ATT Atlanta, which has good jiu-jitsu guys like, uh, you know, Juan Carnero, uh, the Lima brothers, Anthony Rocco Martin. So, his jiu-jitsu should be improving. And uh, he looks like a beast, man. I mean, very aggressive, tough fighter. And um, it's an interesting matchup to me Is everyone's hyped on Chris Gutierrez because of his last fight. I think that, you know, that has a lot more to do with Morales giving Gutierrez the exact fight he wanted. Within one minute of the fight, Morales' leg was hurt and he was just sitting on the outside. He wasn't doing much at all in that fight. And Gutierrez did look look very good, don't get me wrong. He was able to chop down that leg. He was landing a lot of uh, straight punches, good footwork, good feints, good movement, flying knees, a lot of kicks. And he doesn't really open up with the hands too much, but, you know, sharp jabs, sharp straights, and uh, you know, his kicks are just really good. But he can get backed up. I'm not really convinced with his takedown defense. He gets taken down easily against the cage. And uh, his ground game is pretty subpar. You know, he has a semi-threatening guard, but struggles with top pressure. And when he stands up, he gives his back, which is a no-no versus a guy like Durden, man. And Gutierrez, defense off his back isn't the worst. I mean, he did survive a little while with a good grappler and Jione Barcelos on top of him. I definitely think Durden could take him down, though. And it's going to come down to if Gutierrez can find his range, you know, start picking at that leg, pot shot uh before Durden can get that wrestling going and start wearing on Gutierrez but I think the line is off man Durden is aggressive he comes forward he comes hard he isn't gonna sit on the outside like Morales I see him getting in Gutierrez's face making it a tough fight and uh eventually getting it to the ground and I mean when you look at it man I mean Gutierrez he's notoriously bad versus grapplers I mean he has losses to Hione Barcelos, Jared Saunders, Tamir Valiev who wrestled him uh even Geraldo de Freitas was able to get him down a couple of times I just think Durden should be able to do it as well I like his top game his striking isn't the worst I think his pressure and the ability to switch stances could help defend and jam some of those kicks and I'm gonna take Durden here to uh pull the upset take the back in a scramble or take the back when Gutierrez is trying to stand up at some point and finish the fight via submission or TKO so I'm going with Cody Durden here and up next, year we have a really fun fight. I mean, we got Timor Valley I have a guy that a lot of people have been really hyped up on for a long time, and he's finally making his UFC debut. He's had a pretty good career outside of the UFC. He's Sixteen and two. He's been regarded, you know, as one of the best fighters outside the UFC for a while now. He did lose his MMA, MMA debut, but since then he's gotten sixteen and one. The one loss was a split decision of Chris Gutierrez, which was uh really controversial and they did an automatic rematch which he won the fight in the rematch and um you know valiev is a pretty good striker he's very athletic he's light on his feet good blitz attacks and he likes to throw a lot of uh you know kicks on the outside inside outside low kicks round kicks to the body to the head very fast with his punch combinations as well like he'll He'll go to the body with the straights, then upstairs with hooks. He slips and rips well. He'll dig to the body with hooks, nice check left hooks. He can uh, pull counter with straight punches. Throws a lot of uh, spinning stuff. He throws a lot of flying knees. And he does, you know, play with his hands down, and that's caused him some issues in the past. You know, in the pocket, he can be a little bit hittable. And if you can meet him in the middle with the shot, you could definitely hurt him a little bit. I've seen him dropped in fights before but you know very dynamic guy offensively and he's never been finished he's a dagestani i mean he's very gonna be very tough to finish six knockouts in his career and uh, you know he's a high level wrestler as well great level changes he's uh, good at setting him up with the hands with the feints and he runs through doubles very well Uh, great takedowns in the clinch good trips good throws and when he gets on top you know he likes to take the back good control um, good front headlock position and um you know he only has two submissions he's definitely more about control but um i mean i've seen him taken down but his takedown defensive scrambling is pretty elite he has a very fun style to watch you know aggressive great cardio he's a flashy guy and he should be a good addition to the division but taking on jamal emmers i mean he is going to be moving up to 145 here he is going to be giving up a little bit of size i mean he's going to have a pretty significant reach disadvantage here he's gonna be four inches shorter and um i mean jamal emers did have a bad uc debut where he lost that split decision to giga chikadzi in which you know i actually thought he won that fight but you know the judges uh gave it to chikadzi and he didn't fight smart there but emers i mean he's a talented guy i mean uh good pull counters good head movement very athletic good punches good kicks really good right hand i mean really nice straight right hand he's um you know good with the jabs he'll use the jabs to kind of uh pull shots and then pull counter with that straight right uh good uppercuts overhands good hooks and uh yeah i mean he has good leg kicks as well but the thing with emmers i mean he floats his chin he can be clipped and i feel like valiev is probably the better striker here but Emmers, you know, he's a strong grappler as well. You know, he trains with guy like, guys like Darion Caldwell. He's a former college wrestler. And, uh, you know, he's one of these guys that, you know, has good doubles, good body locks, can push guys, against the cage, control them. And he's very slippery and explosive when you try to take him down yourself. So hard to take down. And he's good at, you know, uh, when he gets on top, he can stay on top, land short shots, look for submissions. But, um, i don't know i mean in this fight it's i think it's going to be a tough fight for jamal emmers because i think valley of speed and boxing is going to you know turn emmers back into a wrestler and Emers, you know he's enjoyed his striking lately in his fights but in this one i don't know i think he's going to be uncomfortable with the slips the speed the boxing of Valleyev. i think Valleyev is going to have to deny some takedowns from Emers. watch out for the straights and uh I just don't think Emers will be able to take down and control a guy like Valiev to win a decision. And Valiev may be even able to take down Emers himself. Um, If Emers was like a jiu-jitsu ace or something and a wrestler, maybe. But, you know, I think Emers... I don't know. This is a tough fight, man. But I'm going to go with Timor Valiev here. Um, Next year we got uh, a fight that probably will be a pretty fun fight. Marcus Perez, Eric Spicely. Perez, you know, he just can't seem to find consistency in the UFC. He's traded wins and losses and you know he lost his last fight so he is due for a victory here he was defeated by uh wellington tournament in november but he's a fun guy he's flashy he you know likes to be a showman in the cage uses like a lot of crazy techniques he taunts and even at the weigh-ins i mean (laughs) we saw him like uh with uh the joker thing in the last weigh-ins but he likes to fight on the outside use a lot of kicks he will throw a really nice rear leg body kicks which you know i think are gonna be a big issue for uh Eric Spicely his left body kick is nasty I mean it's really good and Perez will throw some front kicks to the body to the head he'll switch stances good straight left good straight right his straight left hand is probably better and he spends more time in southpaw good jab good left hook he's good at feigning the jab throw an overhand left combination and he has a some nice elbows some good step in knees and you like I said you'll throw a lot of wild attacks like spinning back elbows round kicks to the body and the spinning heel kicks to the head he'll throw um you know like lead elbows he's at his best when he's confident you know he's in the pocket he's slipping and ripping but sometimes he can allow fighters to you know push him back as well and he can almost look like he's running away at times his awkward strikes put him off balance and you know he can be countered and just look bad a little bit look like maybe he's hurt even when he's not but you know he'll invite a war and when he knows he's behind he'll definitely try to weasel rounds by. Uh, you know playing to the judges a little bit but he's a wild man he has a good chin and he's never been finished and he's a belt in jiu-jitsu opportunistic guy on the ground and in the clinch i mean he's actually improved a lot i mean he's improving with his wrestling he's improving uh, with his defensive wrestling with his uh with his defensive clinch work and he's good at you know he'll even pull guard attack leg locks he'll um you know attack kimuras he's uh he likes to try to hit switches and take the back to counter takedowns as well and he was able to do that and uh, take the back of Ian Heinish he uh even got an arm triangle from the bottom in that fight which is a weird submission good front chokes you know Darcy's proving neckties but he was taken down in some fights like versus Eric Anders but like I said I mean his wrestling looked a lot better versus Wellington Terman. um Perez you know he's coming off uh that nice submission victory the last time he fought a guy similar to uh eric spicely's level in my opinion uh hernandez so i feel like you know this type of guy maluco should be able to beat maluco does have six submissions as well but for eric spicely you know he was able to work his way back to the ufc he uh got cut in like 2018 but came back and he didn't get the win in his return but was a decent performance i mean he was able to have a fight of the night with duran Win, but Spicely is a strange fighter, man. I mean, he's had limited success in the UFC, but he's had some good victories, you know. And uh, as a stri- Spicely, I mean, he's just not that good, man. He has a decent jab, and you know, he needs to try to stay long in this fight. You know, throw the one two down the middle, throw some big hooks, uppercuts inside. But I don't know. He has some decent leg kicks, round kicks to the body. He was throwing some nice elbows versus duran Win, but. It's just he allows guys to control the center of the octagon, back him up, and just has that habit of shelling up and just trying to keep a high guard and defend punches without moving his feet. And, you know, fighters are able to find holes in his guard and hit him to the head, dig to the body. He's just not very athletic. I will say, you know, it looks like he's improved his mindset and toughness of late. He seems more willing to eat shots, try to give his own, and he isn't giving up anymore, it looks like. He did have a war-withdrawn win, and he was able to come back and – you know, get a knockout after he got rocked against uh, Kyle Magalash. Spicely, he has been finished three times by strikes, though he is, you know, susceptible to getting finished by strikes. And yes, you know, finished three people by strikes, um, as well. But he's not really a power guy. But he is a dangerous submission grappler if he can get it to the ground. I mean, he's trouble for a lot of guys. He doesn't have the greatest wrestling. He will use the single, the double leg against the cage, but just isn't very effective he is pretty good at using the single leg to pull guard attack the legs or you know um try to attack from his full guard and he's very good at sweeping he's good at transitioning when he's on top he'll attack uh submissions to open up passing opportunities and uh he'll slice them out he'll pound you out from there very good at taking the back um good rear naked chokes seven submissions he has been submitted one time for sam alvey but that was kind of uh You know, a little fluky. He got hurt, and then uh, Panic wrestled. Got caught in a guillotine. But he does slow down in a lot of fights. He doesn't really have great cardio. He goes in there to finish fights. I mean, if he doesn't get it done early, he usually loses. He has finished ten of his twelve wins in the first round. He does have two decision wins, but his record after fights past the first round is two and four. And uh, I just think Prez will win, man. He's going to use that left kick, his explosiveness, go forward. Um, I think he's actually going to finish Eric Spicely with that left kick to the body. Um, We've seen that happen with Gerald Mearshart. And Perez, I mean, I think that he's not going to respect the striking of Spicely, so he's going to walk him down. He's going to make it a high-level, high-paced fight. Not high-level, but high-paced. You know, get a little crazy. Just keep the output on him. I think he's going to be able to back Spicely up, just be the more athletic guy in there. I think if it goes to the ground, he has to be careful, but he's a good black belt himself, so I'm going with Maluko here. i going to make sure we have a Bantamweight fight. Ray Borg taking on Nathan uh, Manis, Manis, I'm not 100% sure, but Ray Borg, you know, he's returning, you know, pretty soon. He did have another fight that got nixed a little bit, like, on the week of because of a family emergency, but he's been pretty active. I mean, this is going to be his third fight of 2020, and he seems to be fighting at Bantamweight now, which probably will help him fight more often the issue with that is he hasn't really had the best success there he's only two and two in the ufc at bantam and he's still a young guy with a lot of room to grow though and his striking looked better than ever in his last match i mean he showed super fast hands his jab looked good he was coming forward behind the high guard and he was countering with straights with hooks he was ripping the body then coming up to the head his combinations look super fast super sharp his head movement looked good and he looked really good in his last fight on the feet, but he did get a bit of his own medicine. He, you know, was the smaller guy and he was controlled a little bit, taken down. And, um, you know, he was able to show heart, scrambling ability, and he continued to return to his feet. But he was facing an elite wrestler in Ricky Simone, and in this matchup, he definitely should have the better grappling, in my opinion. He's an elite wrestler himself, very explosive. Uh, everyone knows, you know, he has great double legs, great scrambler, really nice singles, good chain wrestling very good at taking the back and you know he's really good in the in the transitions he's uh good at getting slam double legs and on top you know he throws a lot of ground and pound he's very active he has pretty good arm triangles rear naked chokes really good gas tank and for Nathan Manese I mean he's getting a huge opportunity here he's facing a former title challenger a win would get him you know right on the uh mix in the division and he's a big 135 he's fought at 145s he's even fought at 155s and he's gonna be 5 foot 10 Borg is only 5 4 he's gonna have a 9 inch reach advantage but he's 11 and 1 and he's a striker he stands tall he tries to stay loose and counter pretty light on his feet he'll shoot the jab out there he throws heavy punches he'll leap in with the uh, lead hooks uppercuts really nasty uh, um two right down the pipe he has uh, really nice straight punches and he has really big power in his straights i mean one punch knockout power he could switch stances and um you know he'll throw some nice body kicks some nice head kicks he does have a lot of issues with the striking though he gives big reactions to faints when he gets hit he can shell up and he gets up the center and um you know he'll back himself up to the cage just looking for a one-shot counter he is a hittable guy and due to the fact that he stands tall. You know, people can target the body. He was hit with a sidekick to the liver against Taylor Lapalus and crumbled, got finished. That was his only career loss, though, and he does have four knockouts himself. And um, he will look to mix it up and wrestle. And you could tell, like, he is obviously very confident in his, striking the way that, or in his grappling the way that he strikes because stands really tall, throws a lot of kicks, so he's not worried about getting taken down. And, um, you know, I've seen him hit some double legs but on top he doesn't look dangerous i mean he would just control when the round i've seen him hit a dars choke against a low level guy but that's his only submission win and uh, i haven't really seen him defend wrestling much i the one time um i did see him counter a takedown with the guillotine and uh he was able to defend that takedown but you know i feel like the way that he stands tall and backs himself up to the cage with a guy like bork who's like a shorter great wrestler that's really explosive getting in i think that borg may be able to take him down but i think this is kind of an easy fight for borg from what i see avoid the power which borg already has a great chin and he's way faster than this guy he should win i mean i've seen minis drop to the body and uh, we could see that again here versus borg i really believe that i mean some of those body shots he landed on ricky simone were vicious and borg is going to have the way faster footwork hand speed i think he should be able to get level change get takedowns after he establishes some striking i don't think uh manis will be able to take him down and i think borg should win this fight all day i mean manis he's training in the or he's fighting in the kentucky regional scene he did fight uh, tko beat guys like uh jesse Arnett. that's a decent win and uh but another thing that I saw was that, you know, he was posting a couple of weeks ago that he was working 13-hour days in construction and he was uh, thinking about quitting the sport and everything's really tough for him. And so I'm not sure, man. I think that Borg is is going to take him out, man. This is going to be his opportunity to get in the UFC. Good for him. Maybe he could get some wins, but I don't think he's going to be Ray Borg. Man, I'm next year, this this could be a great fight. Ed Herman, Gerald Mearshaw. This could be fight of the night right here. Both these guys... Uh, our finishers and Mearshart, you know, he's looking to get right back on the horse. He had that disappointed effort in his last fight, he got knocked out in like a minute and 30 seconds by Ian Heinish. And he's moving up to light heavyweight, he's coming back in only six weeks after that knockout. And that's definitely concerning to me, um, especially against a hittable guy, or especially with a hittable guy like Mearshart. And Ed Herman, you know, he's looked good of late, he's riding right? a two fight winning streak. And he's performed in his last three fights surprisingly well. I mean, he still has that desire, and he's just a tough-ass dude. And he's been in the UFC for 14 and a half years. I mean, he has to be one of the longest tenure fighters in UFC history. Herman, I mean, he may not be the most athletic guy, and he may not even be as athletic as when he first joined the UFC, but he definitely still has something left. His striking is not bad at all. He hits hard, good counter punching. He could take a shot. He usually has to get hit a bit to get started but I actually rate him as the better striker in this matchup he has a stiff jab he was throwing a nice jab to low kick or left hook to low kick combination in his last fight against Ibragimov, and he was throwing some heavy low kicks in that fight he has a nice straight right hand and he really nice left hook overhand right combination vice versa you'll switch it up he'll throw the uh you know the overhand right first or the left hook first he'll uh you know attack the body as well with the hook he'll switch up the placement of the punch he throws a lot of volume he walks you down and he's defense isn't very good but I mean he has a hell of a chin he doesn't mind getting hit and, and it looked like he'd kind of demoralized Kadasi Bergimov a little bit by just eating the shots his counter punching is pretty dangerous all even if you hit him you know he's going to come back with a few more with some short hooks with some overhands and he makes guys hesitant to throw uh you know combinations at him we saw that in his last fight we saw that against uh john velante as well herman he only has seven tkos but he's definitely going to be the bigger power guy here and he he has a hell of a chin like i said he's only finished uh been finished twice by strikes he's also a good submission grappler he's an original team quest guy good takedown defense and in the clinch he's nasty man he has really good knees good elbows we saw him finish Pat Cummings with a big clinch uh, clinch knee. In his last fight, he was uh, really staying busy in the clinch. He was framing, throwing hard elbows, big knees, keeping the volume high even when he had his back pressed against the cage. He'll uh, dig strong underhooks as well when he can get the control. Control wrist, throw elbows, dirty box. He was able to bust deeper game off up in the clinch, man. Really dominated that fight. He isn't a super active seeker of the takedown in recent years, but... The thing is with this fight gm3 is a guy who has notoriously bad takedown defense and uh if ed herman wanted to i think he could take him down and maybe it would be smart to get on top and control a little bit herman is a black button jiu-jitsu and maybe he would feel like he can avoid the submission keep the top control and steal rounds or bank rounds late if they're close with the striking with that he does throw some heavy ground and pound and ultimately though i think herman will probably just want to stand and bang when fighters do take down Herman you know it's usually off him throwing a kick we have seen Herman dominated on the mat a few times but most recently against Sibe Dalloway he was taken down by Ibrahimov but he was able to attack with the elbow submissions off his back and he got up pretty quickly he does counter takedowns with a good guillotine he'll attack in his guard and he will attack the legs as well pretty good leg locks he has 13 submissions He has been submitted six times, but when you go back and look at some of the fighters who have submitted at Herman, I mean, they're a legend in the game. You know, uh, Damian Maia, Jacare Souza, uh, Hitman Misaki, Joe Dirksen. I mean, those are some elite ground guys. Overall, Herman, he's a veteran. He has a very solid, uh, well-rounded, workman-like game. His cardio is pretty good. He's tough. He's durable. And he will never look for a way out. He's a stiff test for a lot of guys. And looking at this fight, i don't know man i like ed herman here gerald he's moving up to 205 he just got knocked out recently and he's facing a guy that hits pretty hard in ed and he's gonna be you know looking to keep the range with his long punches and try to attack the body on the feet and uh you know maybe catch a head kick i don't know but with the hands i just think ed is the better boxer i don't think gerald is gonna be able to take him down i think ed has the faster hands as well ed gerald is very slow man and ed hits harder to me he's uh gonna be looking for those low kicks i think herman if he's struggling with the range he should be the bigger guy as well he should be able to push gerald against the fence working the clinch um if he wants to get on top it's dangerous but he's a black belt i think we may be able to see him get a couple takedowns some top control he throws more volume both guys are slow starters and they pick it up as the fight goes on they kind of rely on Wearing on their opponents, getting late finishes. And Herman, he's been training for months for Dong Jung. And he's going to be ready to rock. GM3 is coming back after a bad knockout. And there's no way he's been training much. And another thing I noticed is Ed Herman's uh, corner is very loud and animated. That can maybe sway the judges. And also just looking at GM3's record, man, it just isn't very impressive. The fighters he's beat are inexperienced fighters with low amount of fights. Um, You know, he just has much more experience than most of the guys that he beats like look at joe Giolotti, eight fights ryan james 10 fights eric Spicely, 12 fights oscar P- piota 12 fights trevin giles uh 12 fights Duran wins seven fights i mean that's not that many fights and that's um i'm adding after he already fought him so some of those guys didn't even have that amount of fights when he fought them and herman has 38 fights and i still think ed has enough to beat a fighter like gm3 give me ed herman here man to get a knockout at some point in this fight up next year this is good fight i like the matchmaking here because i do like jonathan martinez a lot and he's set to make his return he's coming back after that really controversial loss against andre yule um most everyone felt martinez deserved the win and if the judges would have given that to him he would be riding a three fight win streak right now but instead he's two and two in the ufc so he needs a win here and he's probably gonna be very hungry pissed off to try to get in here and get a win and he's a rangy southpaw very good kicks he's a quick guy good movement and faint throws a you know really nice uh low calf kicks really nice rear leg front kicks to the body to the head good round kicks and in his fight with Ping Louie landed that nasty front knee that shut him off. He's, uh, you know, getting better with his hands. He's improved his jab. He has a nice counter right hook. you will throw some uh, counter straights, overhand overhand lefts. And his hands looked pretty fast for Sandra Yule. He was throwing some nice counter combinations. And his defense is good. He walks fighters down with a high guard. He has a good chin. And um, he's never been finished before. He's also you know not a power guy with the hands but you know his creative striking makes him dangerous he has five knockouts and he's a pretty solid grappler as well i mean he was able to control andre sukumtath in the clinch in short notice showed really good scrambling ability against Wuliji burin and he wasn't able to stop the takedowns of burin but you know hit multiple sweeps on top he was uh threatening with submissions he had pretty good ground and pound and um You know, he has good rear naked chokes, good arm bars, and he isn't a huge submission threat, but, you know, he has to be ready here to defend the takedown sweep or, uh, you know, counter with knees, with the uppercuts, try to make signs pay for the takedown attempts. But I would say Martinez's best trade is his cardio, his heart, and that's going to be, you know, that's going to pay big dividends in a fight like this against an older guy like Frankie Signs. Frankie Signs, he's coming in here after a year and a half off i'm not sure why he's taking so much time off but uh he said he feels like this is uh his ufc debut again things like that i mean i don't know man he's been training with guys like korean zombie henry sujudo so you have to respect him but 39 years of age for a bantamweight that's very worrying he is a grinder and his striking isn't the worst he has decent footwork good jab good low kicks good straights good overhand rights Uh, he'll throw overhand right left hook combination and um you know you will pull counter a little bit with the straight right hand but can be very predictable with the striking and he holds his hands down fighters can catch him with big counters he uh will throw a nice left hook to the body to a right hook to the head and um you know good uppercut left hook but he's just very chinny man he doesn't take shots well He got uh, finished by Marlon Vera in his last fight. He gets wobbled in a lot of fights. I mean, he does do a good job of surviving at times. And uh, he just has that style of darting in, darting out, which isn't the best from a defensive standpoint. He has been a decision fighter over his career. Never had a finish in the UFC. um, And he has been finished three times by strikes as well. So very kind of a chinny guy. He is a solid grappler, former college wrestler. Good in the clinch, good control against the fence, hard knees to the legs, to the body, nice elbows. Good in the Muay Thai Plum as well. He'll, he'll kind of uh, throw some punches, crash the distance, finish in that Muay Thai Plum and uh, end the combinations with some nice knees, big elbows. He was able to drop Augusto Mendez with a clinch elbow. His takedown defense is good as well. If you do take him down, he's hard to hold down. He proved that in the Mirab Villy fight. He was able to get up time and time again and he does have a solid double leg himself he'll attack with single legs he'll uh, duck under and try to take the back from standing but on top he's more about control he doesn't attempt submissions very much doesn't throw a lot of big ground and pound he does have two submissions and his cardio is a little bit questionable as well he's the older guy i'm a frankie Signs fan i mean he's an og but i think he's going to lose to the young lion here i mean Signs needs to wrestle heavy try to bully martinez in the clinch constantly try to make it a dirty inside fight his chin is gone though and he's going to be way slower than martinez i think maybe early he may get a couple of takedowns but martinez is very very lively now he's young he's going to scramble back to his feet he's going to be you know making mart or signs work he's going to get him tired and i just think he's going to catch him coming in with a knee or you know, catch him to the body, hurt him, and take him out, man. I think that he's going to finish uh, Frankie Signs, and I like Jonathan Martinez here. I think he's a good fighter, and I think he's going to get Frankie Signs out of here. Up next year, we have uh, Kevin Holland, Trevin Giles. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this fight because uh, I have a pretty clear winner here, and it's, it's not really because of the, you know, inside the cage. Obviously, it has something to do with inside the cage as well and the skill set, but it's more to do with uh, Trevin Giles and just I don't know man, I feel like he's regressed during his career recently because of outside of the cage duties because he's became a police officer full time. He's you know said in interviews that he hasn't been able to train even at all at certain times in recent uh months and he's just hasn't improved in my opinion and he he's very low volume. He he does have a, you know, fast twitch muscle. I will say His last fight, he did kind of open up a little bit more through more wild shots, but he's a guy that likes to play the range game. He's a very good guy with the straights. He has, uh, you know, good straight right hand down the middle, good low low calf kicks. But in this fight with Kevin Holland, he's gonna be at a reach disadvantage. He likes to throw that body kick up the middle, the uh, the front kick to the body. I feel like Holland is just gonna be better at range. He's gonna be longer, has more weapons, throws more volume. The only thing I see Trevin Giles potentially being able to do here is get takedowns and just control on top to a decision victory. But Kevin Holland isn't that type of guy, man. Kevin Holland is a guy that, you know, scrambly. He's not just going to, you know, concede bottom position. He's going to attack submissions of his own. And, I mean, when you look at it, I've seen Trevin Giles dropped. I've seen Trevin Giles knocked out before. I've seen him submitted, or not knocked out, but I've seen him dropped. I've seen him submitted. And Kevin Holland, he has a great chin. He has been submitted before, but I just don't think a guy like Trevin Giles is going to be able to submit him. So if they stay on the feet, I think that Kevin has the better striking, the more weapons he could potentially knock out. Trevin Giles throws way more volume. And uh, on the ground, I just think Holland is better. I think he has better jujitsu. I do am like a little nervous if Giles just, takes him down and starts throwing vicious ground and pound. Maybe he could hurt Kevin a little bit. But in his last fight, he struggled with the 70-pounder on one day notice. I mean, he could have lost that fight. And that's that's a little bit questionable. I know Holland is a smaller guy. But if you, you're going to split decision with a guy that's getting the call on one day notice, I don't know. I I, I can't pick him. I'm going to pick Kevin Holland. And, uh Yeah. Oh, man. This is a great fight. Rematch. Bobby Green, Lando Venata. First fight was a draw. It was a fight of the year candidate. And, uh, man, I don't think it's going to be much different here. I mean, both these guys, when you look at them, I don't think they've really changed their styles at all. Bobby Green, some people say, like, oh, he looked terrible in his last fight, even though he got the win versus Clay Guida. But in my opinion, man, Bobby Green fights to the level of his competition. When when there's a guy that isn't on his level, he'll make the fight close. When there's a guy that's way better, like um, at your car close, even when he fought Francisco Trinaldo, he'll step up to their level and compete with them at that frequency as well. So I just think he's just one of those type of guys. And in the first fight, the first fight was phenomenal, man. I mean, Lando Venada was just the very explosive dangerous guy in the first round he was darting in with these big combinations these big blitz attacks he's just so dangerous man with the with the counter punches he's very fast twitch and against a guy like bobby green who holds his hands low lando has a chance to land some of that crazy crazy stuff he was also attacking the legs of bobby effectively as well which i think he's going to try to do again here but over time Bobby Green was in my opinion I thought he won that fight I thought he won two rounds and the first round was a 9-9 because of that illegal knee and uh, I mean Bobby just found his range with the boxing and just started picking him apart man he was landing the jab, he was switching stances he was landing big shots, big counters and uh, really poured the pressure on Lando, Lando got tired and that's this fight man, it's a battle of power flash versus volume and Lando was trying to pot shot him catch big counters in between the combinations in between the the longer strikes of uh, bobby green the longer uh attacks and bobby was just putting it together with the jabs, with the straight punches with the hooks with the boxing and uh just picking apart lando and really you know at the end of the fight i thought bobby was taking over uh that last combination really hurt lando venata really badly and uh man i just don't know i don't think this fight is going to be much different lando was shooting for takedowns he couldn't control bobby green on the ground i think the fight's going to be the same i think early on bobby has to be very careful he has to be weary of those of the blitz the athleticism of lando not get hit with anything crazy but i think that his boxing is better i think that lando with the hands down really you know opens up that jab for bobby i think bobby's going to be landing at a high clip as well and it's just going to be a battle of attrition man Uh, The first time I picked Bobby Green and he was a big underdog. This time Bobby Green's an underdog again. The first fight was a draw. I'm just going to pick the underdog again. I'm just going to pick Bobby Green. I'm going to say the volume, the cardio, the pace, the pressure beats the uh, power and the uh, flashiness, the dynamism. So I'm going to go with Bobby Green by decision. Um, Next year we have a popular dog pick for a lot of people. Randy Brown taking on Vicente Luque. And I get why a lot of people like Randy Brown. Uh, I've actually picked Randy Brown as an underdog in the last few fights. If you've watched my channel, I mean, you know I'm a fan of Randy Brown striking. Very clean striking. I mean, those kicks up the middle, the uh, straight punches, the counters, the speed that he has is all very, very impressive. He's a very athletic guy. He's on the outside very dangerous for a guy like Luque who's hittable and who likes to brawl because he's a finesse guy but the thing about it is Randy I do think on the outside he's gonna have success with those kicks with the with the leg kicks with the front kicks up the middle with the straight shots but he gets backed up and usually only throws like one or two at a time and I feel like Luke, with the high guard is just gonna be able to eat those shots to the body probably walk him down make it a close quarters fight and I think that If they get inside, I think that Luque with the hands is just going to be more impactful when he has uh, Randy Brown against the cage. He does have to be very careful at all times on the feet not to get hit with something as he's coming in or flash with the knee, flash with the kick, and uh, knocked out. Because Randy Brown is very dangerous. I mean, we saw him kind of get dominated in that first round against Worley Alves. Alves was able to, you know, jam his kick, take him down, and controlled him on top, took his back, almost choked him out. And uh, had a very dominant first round on the ground against Randy Brown. But we saw Randy in the second round uh, flash Worley with the knee, hurt him. Worley panicked, wrestled uh, right into a triangle. Randy locked it up and submitted him. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, that fight as well kind of made me lean towards Vicente Luque because Randy Brown in that first round... Worley was able to back him up, take him down off the kick, and dominate him on the ground. Took his back, almost choked him out. I think Luque is a lot better on the ground than a guy like uh, Worley Alves. He's a black belt himself. And uh, if he's struggling with the range and Randy Brown is kind of lighting him up or hurting him with the kicks, with the straight punches, with the flashy striking, I think Luque always has it in his back pocket to get the fight to the ground and dominate Randy on the mat. I mean... Randy isn't the worst guy on the ground. He, you know, has some takedowns of his own. Don't see him being able to take down a guy like Vicente Luque, and if he does, I think Luque will be able to get back to his feet fairly easily or sweep or submit. But I don't know, Randy Brown just has to prove it to me, man. He hasn't fought any really anyone really of note that he's defeated. I mean, Worley Alves, Brian Barberina, and Barbarina, that's a good win. I don't want to discredit that. But that was coming off the war with the Vicente Luque. And I think that that had a lot to do with the way Barbarina looked in that fight. And Barbarina is a good matchup for a guy like Randy Brown. Because he's a boxer who's not that athletic. So Randy was able to keep him on the outside. And kind of finesse him and dominate him. And Brian Barbarina isn't a wrestler. He isn't a guy that could take it to the ground. He isn't an athletic guy like Luque. That's explosive. That you know can close that distance throwing combination has huge power i think that's going to be the difference man i think that luke is going to be able to walk down kind of eat the shots that vicente or that randy brown throws and i think he's going to be able to land the more impactful shots when they get up against the cage near the fence and i think if not if randy is having the more success on the feet he could take him down and submit him as well i mean the fact that Worley took his back almost submitted him like that kind of gave me a lot of concern for Randy Brown if Vicente Luque gets on top of him here so I'm gonna go with Luque via TKO or submission I think he's gonna be able to get it done make sure we have a fight that got announced or got set up on short notice here uh Joanne Carterwood she's stepping in she's fighting Jennifer Maya man living up to her name the bad mofo I mean she already had the title shot locked up but doesn't give a fuck she's gonna come in here fight Jennifer Maya and um yeah I mean I feel like this is a good matchup for Jojo to be honest with you Maya she's kind of she's a flat-footed boxer that likes to mix in some takedowns sometimes some cage control time but she's shorter she's not gonna have the range against a girl like Jojo especially someone that throws kicks like Jojo I think that you know Jennifer is going to be coming up short. I think she's going to be coming very obvious with her combinations. And I think Calderwood is going to be throwing a lot of kicks, leg kicks, body kicks, a lot of high volume striking. She's going to be willing to trade with her. I think she just has the better stand up overall. I think that she has the higher motor as well. Like, I think she's going to be more willing to exchange, more willing to throw a high volume in there. And she wants it. I mean, she's coming in here. Um, risking the title shot she's not going in there to lose at all she's also improved her grappling a lot since uh, going to syndicate mma i feel like maya maybe back in the day would have been able to win this fight with the cage stalling kind of uh, grappling heavy type of game but now i don't know i don't think she's going to be able to take down joanne that easily i don't think she's going to be able to control her on the ground Really, JoJo just has to worry about that right hand. I mean, that's the bread and butter for Maya. Maya will throw the jab, one, two. Uh, She'll mix in some uppercuts. She's good at slipping and throwing the straight right hand. That's really it. She doesn't throw a ton of volume. She's flat-footed. She doesn't move her head very much. Even Roxy was having some success with straight punches in their matchup. She tends to, uh, Maya also tends to start very slow in a lot of her fights. I just think the high volume of shots, the variation of shots that Joanne Calderwood has is going to be the difference here. Because both these girls are kind of flat-footed. They like to meet in the middle and trade. But I just think JoJo has more weapons. She's more dangerous. She throws more volume. She's probably a little bit more athletic here. So I got to go with JoJo Calderwood. I think she's going to be able to get in there, get the victory, and defeat Jennifer Maya. And up next, year we got the main event. It's a new main event. The original one is supposed to be uh, Holly Holm versus uh, Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. And uh, unfortunately, Aldana got COVID, so now it's going to be uh, Edmund Chabesian taking on Derek Brunson. This is only going to be a three-round main event, but uh, man, this is a good fight. Obviously, it's the test for Edmund Chabesian. He's kind of getting that that fast track. It seems like when guys fight Derek Brunson, if they win, they they get a title shot, they get a number one contenders number one contenders fight. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how Edmund, Edmund fights here. But Edmund, I mean, eleven and oh, he's finished almost every guy that he's fought, ten out of eleven, really dominated, taking a lot of guys out early, and he's really improved. He's improved his boxing, really nice combinations, really nice one two, double jabs. He'll uh you fake the jab, throw the two, and in his fight with Brad Tavares, he faked the jab, came with the high kick, really nasty inside he throws some uh nice powerful hooks and he does something that's pretty interesting that i kind of noticed he likes to grab behind the head of his opponent and throw punches with the other hand and it increases the power and you also kind of move his opponent's head to where he wants it and use that to set up other other shots the only negative um on the feet maybe is he does tend to lower his hands when he's backing up. And against Brunson, a guy that blitzes in, throws long punches, maybe he could get caught with that. And Brunson, you know, he fights in two styles. He tries to stick and move, but obviously he's more famous for those bursts, those big blitz attacks. And and if he lands that left hand, he could knock you out cold. He throws a lot of naked attacks at times, though. Just stays in the same spot without, without moving his feet after he throws them. And he gets hit clean because of that fighters obviously catch him as he blitzes in wildly as well brunson he usually fights in straight lines very you know linear guy he's flat-footed and when fighters get inside or pressure him he just tries to clinch up with them he's not comfortable in the pocket he is very strong he's a good wrestler obviously both both guys can wrestle edmund i think has a better jujitsu, and he does a good job of blending and striking with his grappling he is uh you know, or he showed his grappling against Darren Stewart, where he was able to kind of dominate there for two rounds with the mat returns with the control. He was able to land uh, some big Travis Brown type elbows when, when, uh, who was that once? I can't remember who that was, but, uh, Charles Bird. When Charles Bird tried to take him down, he landed those shots. But Brunson is going to be the best wrestler he's ever fought. Brunson's strong in the clinch and nice body lock, good outside trip. I do kind of imagine that. Brunson's game plan here is going to be try to blitz in, clinch up, try to keep a heavy wrestling pace with Evan or Edmund hit that outside trip because we did see in the one fight that Edmund really grappled heavy against Darren Stewart. He did kind of get tired in that fight, he gassed out in the 3rd round. So Brunson maybe he sees that and says, "I'm going to push a heavy wrestling pace. I'm going to try to, you know, get this guy against the cage, hit that body lock trip, control him on top, Matt return him, make him work." make him scramble, and uh, win the fight that way. Or, obviously, Brunson always has that chance to catch a blitz attack, knock him out with that left hand. He obviously has dynamite in that left hand. But on the feet, I just think Edmund is, has way better footwork. He's much less flat-footed. He sets things up really well with the fakes, the feints, with the fake jabs, with the double jabs. He has really fluid footwork. Uh, good movement. The way that he set that head kick up was nasty inside. I really like the way that he does that thing with the, you know, where he moves the guy's head, positions it with the other hand. He, you know, he should be able to come in here and get the knockout early on. I mean, that's what Brunson's Achilles heel has been. I just don't think Brunson, with the footwork that he has, with the way that he strikes, I don't think that he's going to be able to get inside and implement a grappling game with Edmund. I think that, you know, I just don't see him being able to do that. He was able to do that against a guy like Ian Heinish, but Ian Heinish is, is not Edmund Chabazian man. I think Edmund is probably gonna get a first round knockout. Maybe it'll be a second round knockout, but I think it'll probably be in the first round. Brunson, if he if he tries to fight smart and stay on the outside and stick and move, I think that he'll get knocked out. If he'd be as wild, I think he'll get knocked out. I don't I really think Edmund will win this fight. I'm pretty confident. He's actually gonna be my most confident pick on the card here, so Edmund Chabesian first round knockout and for my uh, parlay of the week this week it's going to be uh, Ray Borg and Jonathan Martinez and the underdog of the week is going to be Cody Durden so there you have it guys thanks for watching make sure to uh, comment like su- comment like and subscribe and uh, yeah I'll, I'll be hearing from you guys or I'll hear, or I'll talk to you guys later this week and um, yeah hopefully you guys all join me then yep later.